Hi, my name is Allison Sutter, and you're listening to the Accelerate Your Mojo podcast, where you'll learn how to move past the perfectionism and doubt that is stopping you from sharing your high vibration vision and teachings with the world. This podcast is for all you intuitive introverts out there, the light workers, energy healers, empaths, sensitives, and clairsentients who struggle with making the decisions that will move you forward on your journey as a spiritual teacher. Fear is stopping you from creating the experiences you want, but you're sick and tired of the discomfort that comes with holding yourself back and you're ready to make a change. You're ready to make stuff happen for yourself with a lot less struggle and a ton more joy. After seven years in the spiritual and personal development coaching industry, I discovered the secrets to consistently moving away from doubt, limiting beliefs, and fear when they show up. After years of trial and error, I finally figured out how to consistently align with my higher self and trust my intuition, making it so much easier to create the experiences that I desire in real time. I'll tell you all about these secrets and more in this podcast. To enroll in my free AYM introductory class, go to www.allisonsutter.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast today so you don't miss any of the amazing episodes. So welcome, Harrison. I am really glad to talk to you and have this conversation. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a uh... It's a bit early for me in the morning, but uh, I'm really enjoying, I'm starting to enjoy this time, this hour of the day. So I'm really grounded and excited for the chat. Very nice. So those who are listening to my second season know that it's about not so much the details of our resumes or the thing that we've accomplished, although I give those at the end. It's more about just feeling the person. So we're going to try to feel your vibe, get to know you a little better. And uh, just kind of sink into that whole sense of who Harrison is as an energy being. Mm, I'm so excited. So I was looking at your website and the thing that struck me, we're just going to start with this, is you have don't forget to breathe. So let's just talk about the your perspective on breath and the power of breath to center, to sort of give us life itself. What does it do for us from your perspective? Mm -hmm. Good question. So where my mind kind of goes straight away with that, uh, with that point is uh, I, I really know, I've really been noticing how you know, the sort of society we live in at the moment and just my own sort of personal world, it's very easy to get lost in the act of doing and, and achieving and, and ticking things off and accomplishing. And these are all amazing things and things that I do every day in my business and in my life. But we can get lost in that. And when I think of the breath, the breath is is your is your ultimate tool, is your ultimate ability to be able to always come back to this present moment, to the things that matter most. So the breath for me is being able to take control when you feel like you're out of control. And the breath for me is centering back into, without going too deep already, it's centering back into all that you are, if that, if that makes sense. It does. I mean, I was just with my dad last month when he passed away and as he took his last breath and then after it just it's such a poignant moment an accentuated moment because i've seen two parents pass away now i've watched them both take their last breath and it's it really is life itself and it has such an incredible power when it's out of control we feel it 
when we use it to gain a better sense of control, we feel it. Well, it's it's amazing in the way that it's one of the one of the few elements of our being that is both autonomous and we can control over. Right? So we can we can follow it and let it do its thing as we're living our lives and doing all the things that matter to us. But then again, when the time is needed, we can hone back into it and speed it up to to gain a certain result, or we can slow it down to to gain a certain result. And it's 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 very Swiss Army knife esque, uh, in in my opinion, in terms of our sort of our physiology and just how we decide to uh, implement it. I love that. I have never thought of it that way, where it's sort of like this thing that is all on its own, yet when we want to grasp control of it, we can do that. That's so mm. cool. So how does it ground us? And what so to people that are listening, oftentimes words and their definitions can cannot necessarily be totally clear. So when you say how, how does one ground themselves in their bodies? What does it mean to ground oneself and how can one know if we're ungrounded? Mm. <laughs> Good question. So for me, when I'm thinking about when I'm not grounded in my v- body versus being grounded in my body, when I'm not grounded, I'm being taken away by the busy mind, the, the ego mind, the thoughts. So I'm getting taken away by, you know, again, all the things I need to do, by the, the thoughts of maybe insecurity, the thoughts of fears or the thoughts of you know, not being good enough or looking at my limiting beliefs, all these things, right? I'm, I'm getting lost in those. When I'm grounded, especially when I'm grounded in the body, suddenly those thoughts of both the past and the future can fade away. And I'm now concentrating on the feeling of my breath going into my belly or I'm, I'm concentrating the feeling of my breath coming up through my lungs, going through my nose, moving past my lips. I'm concentrating on the speed of the breath coming both into my nose and both out of my mouth. So it's a, I see it as grounding into the body as detaching from the, from the past and the future and then grounding into the present moment of how the body wants to show up and, uh, and respond. Is that what you mean? Cause I was looking at your Instagram too, and there's this post that talks about the cake of change. And it says, the first thing it says, construct and hold the space. Like, because some of these things can be so esoteric and abstract that we don't, we're like, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. I want to do that. But then we're like, well, how, do, how, what does that even mean? Like, so let's define that from your perspective, because I think these are sort of, these things are weaving into each other as mm-hmm. they always do in conversation. The momentum goes from one thing to another, but construct and hold space. So what does that mean for us, maybe from our individual perspective or from perspective of a practitioner doing Mm. it for someone else? So I'm going to try and keep this concise because this is a whole, it's interesting that you hit on that post because uh, this whole concept and ideology behind holding space, I'm really, I'm really uh, fanatic about right now. It's really a big part of everything I do, but uh, holding space to to me, what it means is creating a a an area. Both it could be a physical area, it could be an emotional area, it could be a a spiritual encapsulation of something that allows for energy to move in the way that it wants to. So, for example, we know that emotion emotion is energy in motion. So, when I think about holding space for someone to to release emotion i always go back to an example of um my sister and she 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 often comes over or sends me a text and says can you hold space for me and what that means literally is that she comes over and we sit across from each other and i sit there looking at her and and give her my love and she just talks she just talks and releases and cries and all the things come out of her and I don't I don't need to respond. I don't need to give her my feedback. I don't need to give her my advice. All I am doing is constructing 
the strong and compassionate and loving space for her to release into. And I guess when I think about holding space, it is really the idea of, again, creating something for both physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual uh, growth and energy to prosper. That's lovely. So do you think there's a way that, like, because when I think about it, it's it's similar and I would use different terminology. I would just say, for me, holding space is when I can align with my higher self in an energy of unconditional, as unconditional as a human can be. I mean, which human itself is a condition, so there's a hiccup right then and there, but <laughs> as unconditional as I can be in any circumstance, mm. whether it's holding in space in the kitchen while my teenager, you know, has a meltdown over school or, um, but, but the, but the question is like, how do you think that we can enable ourselves to do that for ourselves? Or mm. do we always have to have a reflection mm. of something that is an alignment to bounce ourselves off of, such as another person or a space? So, yeah, I agree. I, I don't. I don't think we need another person. I mean, I think we can create space for ourselves, but uh, I think again, in in this in this age that we live in, we we can forget that we we can we have that power. We forget that we have that choice. We forget that we have that potential inside of us. So that's where another another person, a tribe, a community, a a group of people can come in and create that space for you. But at the end of the day. The external world is always going to remind you of the amazing healer and, like you said, the unconditional love that is in us all the time. So 100%, I think we can create that space for ourselves, If it, even if it is just slowing down, even if it is, like we are talking about before, coming back to the breath, right? That is a form of creating space for yourself, right? When, we're, when, I'm, when I'm overthinking, when I'm getting lost in, uh, in the things that I need to get done or the, the emotions that are coming up and maybe taking me away instead of me responding to them in a natural, healthy manner, I can create space myself, connecting back to the breath and just allowing for that to come up and trusting that it's the right thing to do. Yeah, definitely. There's something about taking the concept of breath and really just using it as a modality to create space in your lungs as you breathe it in, Mm. to create space in your heart to create that space in your head for sure. Um, the second step in your cake of change, which is such an interesting word, unconditional. Because so when I got married, the term unconditional was in the the vow terminology. Mm. We talk about having unconditional love, which, like I said before, is a little bit of a tricky situation because <laughs> being human is a condition Mm. so how do we from your perspective become more swayed towards not allowing conditions to govern our thought process Mm. our emotions our responses Well, I think the first part of that goes back to uh, another step in that cake of change I was talking about, and it's trust. It's my belief that everything is unconditional love. And like you said, I think there's a point there to be made about being human as a condition itself, but we aren't, we aren't, human quote unquote we are we are a souls we are souls having a human experience so that deep on that deep soul level on that deep uh, on that deep fundamental level everything is unconditional love and in 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 my view and my belief everything is a relationship of love experiencing itself right it's it's the oneness that's expanded into at least two elements and it's and it's the intent of love experiencing itself so when we're talking about bringing unconditional love into everything how do we bring it into everything it's a matter of not bringing it into anything it's realizing that it's there fundamentally in everything 
and just trusting its existence and falling back into it. When I think of unconditional love, I don't think of making something happen, removing something, uh, forcing something, adding these these sort of heavy resistance words. I think of a falling gracefully back into something that's been there the whole time and just trusting that its existence is in everything I do because I know it's in everything I do. But sometimes, like you said, I can forget when I get lost in conditions which are put on by life experiences, by beliefs, by, you know, we could go down the, the trauma route, like all these things, they're all there and they have a place to a degree to teach us lessons, to help us grow, all these beautiful elements. But taking all these layers away, there is an unconditional love that if we fall back into trust is going to be there whether we consciously feel it or not. So trust um that is such a big word so how did you because this is all blending together like unconditional trust like you said the next step is in your cake of change is trust because i'm thinking about your story mm-hmm. and i'm like do we talk about the story do we not talk about the story where does it fit into this because i don't want to spend a lot of time on what was because Mm. what is is where you are now and where Mm. I am now but I do want you to talk a little bit about trust of self and getting to the point of being more unconditionally resonant with the love that is us Mm. in terms of your story because some of your posts are about that alignment with the unconditional aspect of us going from not being in alignment, at least it looks like from your post (laughs) Mm -hmm. being not so very much so, (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Talk about that a little bit. Mm. Well, it's, it's interesting because I I was listening to uh, your, uh, one of your previous episodes. And in that episode, you talked about how, uh, you do a lot of uh, channeled writing and I, the, a lot of those posts that you're reading uh, connect to that, right? Connect to a lot of, sometimes I'm not really, uh, my thinking brain is just switched off and I, and I, I listen to music and my, my feeling, my spirit, the, so whatever your name is for it comes through and I just write. And it's interesting, those posts, they are heavily connecting to my story and, but it's, it's done at a very, unconscious way but I guess in answer to your question I I spent a very long time looking for this unconditional love like I as I as I just said before I, I spent I was adding a lot of resistance to it I was seeking and looking outside of me for things whether it was in uh, alcohol whether it was in women whether it was in travel whether it was in uh, drugs I was seeking it and in a lot of times I was finding a substitute, right? I was finding something that I thought was it because it felt really good. It was this idea of pleasure, pleasure being being met by this external seeking. But that built up, built up, built up, and and, and eventually hit a wall. And it actually it it turned back on me. And I, I won't get into my story, but it, it turned back on me. And then the it, to the point where the only place I could turn was I couldn't turn outside anymore. I only I could only go inwards. And when I started going inwards, when I started trusting that path of going inwards and I started working on myself in, 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 in movement and in nutrition and all of the things that I work with, once I added the trust and just, and just went with it and, and took the resistance out, I won. Not, not only did I not need to start looking outwards anymore, but suddenly something started that love that I was looking for started very slowly building, 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 and it wasn't that it wasn't the fact that it was it was it was building because it's always a large resource, but it was the fact that I was letting go into it more. I was trusting and letting go into it more each day by day, uh, in connection to the things that I was doing for myself, my self care habits, my my movement, my nutrition, etc. So, in summary, to your question. My story connects because I hit a wall of, of effort and resistance 
and then I moved inwards in a very trusting way. And when that trust occurred and that resistance was removed, unconditional love was able to come up and, and I was able to see something that was there the whole time. Yeah. I mean, part of what I talk about is the fact that now I can see from this perspective, of course, I didn't always see this way, but the 100% of spirituality that we are, the 100% of connection to source that we are, and it's the unveiling process that we go through as humans. It's like some even language that we use tends to encourage us to think in a specific way, like that we have to die to be more spiritual mm. or that we lose ourselves and we have to find ourselves. And it's like, <laughs> even that is descriptive of how we view the process of being a spiritual being, mm. having a physical reality. But um, other thing is I'm looking at the picture as you're talking. I have my phone that I'm looking at and it, it reminds me a little bit about like I'm 50. So I'm coming to these realizations now but you're clearly not 50. <laughs> so <laughs> what I think is exciting and interesting and um, wonderful to think about is how it feels like to me, there's a younger generation that are coming to these realizations sooner in life mm -hmm. than I did or my generation did or, or clearly the generation before me. Um, so I think that's really, really exciting that and even in my own kids who are 14, 15, and, or I'm sorry, 15, 17, <laughs> forget how old they are, 19, uh, there's definitely a, a larger awareness that there's more to this than just work itself, mm -hmm. or there's more to it than the struggle, or maybe I should follow my passions, mm -hmm. and maybe I should trust myself. It's really exciting. It so is. And... I think there's two lenses that really come up for me when you say that. And uh, first, I think, I do think we are moving through a time in human history where there are a lot of souls being re reincarnated into this, into this era for a really powerful and purposeful um, road to move down. But I also think there's an element of this idea of polarity Right. And we we live in a time of just extremes right now, extreme excess, meaning that I can just speak from my own journey. It's so easy for me. It, it was and even more is so now for me to just pick up my phone and book a ticket and then just start traveling around the world. And then with that same phone, I can access apps on that phone that I can meet multiple dating partners instantly. I can order food instantly. I can order, I can watch technology and movies and TV shows instantly. So we live in an age of extreme excess. And going back to my story of uh, losing myself in that, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. It's I, I see many people both in my professional experience and in my personal experience of, of a lot of people getting lost you know, losing themselves in that excess and externalization. But this goes back to the idea of polarity. And you're talking about the age of people really sort of awakening to the, the truth that was there the whole time. It's because of this excess and this and this extreme push to the, the polar opposite end that now is, 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 is lovingly bringing everyone back to the opposite end of waking up. And I think it's, it's happening so quickly for a lot of people because of that excess and that ease to get lost in that opposite um, pole to then push us back. Definitely. I mean, I definitely see that is there's the, there, when stuff is always there for you, it then requires you to decide for yourself, well, what do I want out of all of this stuff? Because mm. <laughs> there's yeah. so much stuff that you can get, you know, you can suffocate in the availability of so much stuff. And I think it's forcing absolutely the generation of my kids to say, you know what, there's so much I need to decide for myself what is going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. How am I going to take the next step? What is the right voice? And I always tell them it's the voice of intuition. Don't don't mm -hmm. listen to me. I'll, I gave birth to you, but that's about <laughs> as far as it goes. Like, I mean, your inner voice will take you from mm -hmm. A to B in the in the exact right step. It is is not for me to tell you how to travel that path. Mm -hmm. 
so when you say in, I want to talk a little bit about this too, and then I want to talk a little bit about food, um, which may seem like a jump, but it's not quite a jump. And <laughs> you and I both know it's not quite yeah. that far off. Um, stir until lightness and energy flows. Mm. So the next step of that goes back to what I was uh, talking about before, about when when we create a space and then and then create it from unconditional love and and then we trust the the container and then let go into it and in the in the example of you know something an emotion coming up that we want to express so we i think we've all had the had the experience of uh an emotion uh, an event triggering an emotion and then us wanting to release that and talk about that experience and talk about that emotion and how we're feeling when we move through that we get to a point after it where we can suddenly look at our beingness and how we are after that and we feel light we feel like there's been something that has been removed or something that's that has been untangled and is now lighter and 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 freer and and more more i want to say raw but i also want to say uh more healthy and and open so when i say that step of of stir and and for energy to flow in lightness that's that's what i'm referring to is when we release and trust and let go and talk and express the emotion that is needed there is suddenly a feeling of uh, lightness that is the result do you think the perspective of your generation is that it is easier or more accepted to talk about the difficulties or is that mm. not the case from your perspective <laughs> i from my yeah from my view well from a from a masculine uh, male perspective i definitely think it's it's harder i think for i grew up learning the opposite learning that it wasn't uh, a masculine trait to uh, talk about the things that were on my heart and how i was feeling and and the emotions that were moving through me and it wasn't until uh, like i said before i had till i hit that wall where i was forced to sort of go inwards and start looking for options so i definitely think i think look comparing it to previous generations i just look at uh, my my dad and my grandfather for example i think it was probably a bit more difficult but i still think it's an element that plays a role and it's it's conversations like these and and conversations i've had elsewhere that i really aim to promote that openness for everyone but especially uh, males okay that's interesting yeah cuz i only have the vantage point of clearly my generation and then my kids and i'm i think it's a little bit easier for kids who are in their teens, just, just a little bit, because at least there's a national conversation about the benefit in talking about how we feel. And I hope to add to that from my own perspective that emotions are a, simply a guidance system, mm -hmm. that they're not to be feared like we fear them. We, we fear them in such regard as if they are to define us in ways that we fear to be defined, but they're actually just a guidance system telling you how you're vibrating in non-physical consciousness. It's like, meh, it's no big deal. <laughs> so. A hundred percent. We're the ones that add connotations on top of them, right? We're the ones that add, oh, I'm angry. This is a, this is a quote unquote negative emotion or I'm, I'm sad and, and uh, anxious. So this, this is something I need to hide away or I need to take out of the light of others. But if we can just be with them and let them move in the way that they naturally want to move, suddenly those connotations aren't there. And like you said, they are a guidance. I, I, I call it a, a, it's a communication, right? It's a communication from just our body and you could go down that route of higher self to for something that needs to move, something that needs to, to, to help us along the path that we're on. So yeah, totally agree. Okay, so as we're going to transition from what we've been talking about to um, food, I want to transition via humor because... <laughs> I get such a kick out of the things like that you post on your 
IG, like the cat with the face, like when medita- meditation starts to click, you know, it's like, whoa, <laughs> I think things are so funny. Um, but to me, humor is a way of transitioning mm. back into the remembrance of how easy it actually is mm. to to do the things that we want to do, self-love, self-trust, mm. you know, all the physical kinds of manifestations that we like to play with and stuff. Um, but just talk to me about, because obviously it's a decision to include this in, you know, a, a social media account or something. And clearly it's important enough to put it in there. So tell me about that. So the, the memes that you're talking about and the, and the, that hum, humorous side I think for me, it's it's really uh, I do it just to expand that side of me, because I've I've actually found for a long time that um, humor is something that uh, has has been missing. I mean, it's always been there, but it's something I need to fall back into more. And, and it's you're so right that it's it is not only just a, a helpful transition in uh, for many things in life. It's just a healthy element in ourselves. Full stop. So I just in terms of my Instagram account and and doing those memes, it is purely it is purely me just exploring that side of myself while also uh, bringing it back into sort of all the things that I stand for, like the meditation and the self-care and the self-love, et cetera. But yeah, it's it's just it's it's me getting lost in my own humor and how it can make me smile and make me feel good and how it can how I, I can ex- explore that side of myself while also, then connecting to other people because as you said i think in the in the sort of self-help self-care self-love transformational world it can be very easy to sort of get get lost in the sort of just pleasurable blissing out and 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 oneness and and all these amazing things but humor is a part of this too and humor to me i see it as it's it's a it's an excitement energy it's a it's a um it's something that gets you gets a fire moving inside of you when you laugh you know there's a reason that you feel good is because energy is like is 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 coming from this state of stability up to like a it's moving it's 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 moving through you feel it through your body so those posts and those memes and those things i try to convey is purely that for me it's it's exploring that side of me while also trying to provoke that question in anyone that reads it i think any successful self-help presentation should absolutely include humor or a joke of some kind. I wrote a children's book. It's for kids who are between, you know, two and seven or something. And, and the, there's a point that the two characters struggle with fear about going into the, out into the world. And there's a point where they cross the threshold and the way they do this is one of them tells a knock, knock joke to the other one. And that's my way of saying, you know what, before you go out into that big, scary world, just tell yourself a knock-knock joke and mm. it'll, it won't seem so scary. Mm. <laughs> it's like, and it's sort of like a message to kids. You know what? You're doing great. Just keep, you know, keep it light. Keep it easy. It won't seem so terrible if you just laugh a little bit. Well, it, and it goes back to the idea that, you know, life, life doesn't need to be serious, right? It, it, I think there's there's parts of it that we need to take seriously and we need to move through. But I think in general, there is a big cosmic joke to all of this that we're going on. And it is, like I said, it is just the oneness or God or love experiencing itself. So at the end of the day, if you look at that, that, that encompasses everything, right? That encompasses all existence. And that in itself, there's a bit of humor in that, right? There's a bit of humor when you really take that out you really expand everything we see in the world out to that idea of just god experiencing itself or love experiencing itself or the consciousness experiencing itself then there are many things that you could very easily get taken away by in the in a sort of serious lens or just start laughing at because in reality that's really what it is absolutely totally totally agree maybe we should start a uh stand-up show <laughs> about the condition of life um the the so the thing we have in common which i was excited to kind of explore because i don't usually run into people with a check 
holistic lifestyle coaching and certification. I mean, there are quite actually quite a few around my area, which is I, I bumped into somebody at a cycling center once, and that's how I got in touch with it. But I want to talk about food as it applies to kind of the concepts that we're touching on in terms mm. of enhancing maybe connection to self, mm. enhancing the concept of feeling good, um, you know, treating yourself well, creating space for yourself. Because I went through a journey where I was injuring myself with certain foods um, and, and I needed to know more. And so I went and, you know, took a class from the Czech Institute. And so let's just talk about food and how to use, how, how to ha develop a relationship with food. And for me, I'd like to talk about intuition in there too, because the intuitive mm. guidance that leads us to, you know, choose certain foods is always in the highest um, regard, I think, for it's coming from our higher self. But, you know, in developing that relationship with food that is one of self-appreciation and self-love. Mm. I love this topic. <laughs> and we could definitely do an episode or a podcast just on this alone, but I will, I'll try and keep it concise and I'll bring in a couple of things here. So where my mind goes first is when we're, when we're trying to connect this nutrition piece to what we were talking about before with connection to oneness and self and, and consciousness and self-love and all of these amazing elements is that I view, I view our physical body as a, as an antenna as a as a, a satellite dish or a, or, a, or a a tv a mobile antenna system that is connecting to spirit right we have our soul but then we we have our soul that's connecting to spirit which is consciousness itself oneness itself and when we we want that antenna system to be as strong and upright and sturdy and powerful as possible to get the biggest reception i.e consciousness downloads intuition all the things that you were just talking about and food plays a, a gigantic role in the st in the physical stability of our antenna system so if we're for example if we're eating a lot of foods that are inflaming our gut then that we know that our gut is the is the center of all nutritional health and we know that our gut is connected to our brain we know our gut's connected to our skin all these things so if we if our gut is inflamed our brain and our skin is inflamed if those things are inflamed then suddenly our, our, our spiritual antenna, our consciousness that we're receiving all this amazing information from starts to become wonky, right? It's the signal that we receive isn't as, as acute, isn't as strong, isn't as full of a download as what it could be if we were eating the right things, if we weren't making our gut inflamed, if we were eating with our metabolic type, etc. And then in terms of going back to what you were saying about intuitive eating, <clears throat> when we start... When we when we get to the point where we've removed all of the all of the layers of food that we just know aren't good for us, like too much added sugar, too much hydrogenized and and and, and refined oils, etc. When we remove all those those obvious elements, then then we get to the point where our body starts to innately become sensitive to know what it needs and knows what it doesn't need. And that's where that intuitive eating, that that intuition now, our higher self comes in. Because if we give it the time, if we remove all the things that are blocking off that sensitivity, our body is always communicating to us, just like we were talking about before with our emotions, our emotions being a sign and communication of things that need to move forward. Our, our body is also giving us communication on what foods are good and what foods aren't good for us. And that comes to that intuitive eating piece. Yeah, I think a lot of times we, and also the food we eat is harmonic with how we feel mm. or the consumption that we do. It, it doesn't necessarily even have to be with food. It can be with liquid. It can be with alcohol. It can be with drugs. It can be the kinds of things that sustain a certain type of belief system or other things. Um, I remember when I, transitioning to a different type of relationship with food is challenging. It, it really, it can feel it, it, in the beginning like a sense of loss. I remember when I n needed to go off gluten, I was like, what am I going to eat? You know, it felt like the world <laughs> didn't include anything that wasn't, you know, glutinous. And, and I remember the transition being like, oh my God, I have to 
plan all new menus and it just seemed so daunting. But to anyone who needs to go through, and I've gone way beyond that in terms of I don't eat anything that I don't eat dairy, I don't eat eggs. You know, I, I, it's a, it was a slow progress to develop a new relationship with food. But um, what would you just say to somebody who, let's say they've recognized that they don't feel good and they've made the connection to something in their diet that they're eating? May it, maybe it's dairy. Maybe it's gluten and they're like, God, I just eating this. I don't feel good, mm -hmm. but I'm overwhelmed. How do you coach people through that sense of overwhelm regarding, you know, a new way of, of eating in the world? Mm. Good question. So first of all, where I go is take it one step at a time because just like my the way I coach people, I'm a holistic health coach. That in itself is overwhelming, right? That that word, when I say holistic, that encompasses sleep, that encompasses the stress management, that encompasses your movement, that encompasses so many things as well as the nutrition. So it's so easy to get lost. But the first step is taking one step that you can do today. And then the next point on from there is to know that that overwhelming state, that feeling of I can't do this, I, I, this habit that I've, I've gotten so used to, this negative habit of eating is so hard to move out from, is knowing that, that that's completely normal. From a, from a neurological perspective, we, we, build, we build habits through neural pathways. And when we do something repetitiously, that neural pathway in our brain. I, I always go back to the the metaphor of a snowy of a snowy mountain and a, and a, a neural pathway. A habit is us taking a path, walking down that mountain and walking down that path over and over and over again. And if we walk down a path in the snow a certain amount of time, it's going to it's going to get to the point where it's going to get so deep that we can't walk down that mountain without falling into that one path. So our habits, our our neural pathways, our our, our unhealthy nutritional choices that we've done over and over and over again is that snowy path. So step number two is knowing that it's totally natural for it to be difficult, but it's also totally natural to, to be able to take the next step is by trusting, going back to this idea of trust and patience by building a new neural pathway, i.e. in this instance, picking a new healthy habit that we want to implement and start doing is that it will eventually gets to the point where it's the deep path that we fall into. But you need to love yourself. You need to trust yourself. You need to give yourself time, i.e. seeking out support from a coach if needed, i.e. seeking family member support, friend support, whatever feels good for you, to be able to get over that deepness of that first habit to be able to fall into the next one. That's where I sort of begin there, is by just sharing you with love, by knowing that this is all a part of the the, the experience that you're on and you will get there if that trust, if that unconditional love and, 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 and support if needed is provided. You know, it's interesting. I, I totally agree with you, first of all, because that's, that's the way to get anywhere is literally one step at a time. I think that idea though contradicts a lot of the messaging that gets sent. So, a lot of it comes from personal development where there's terminology used like quantum leap or 30 days and it's like the assumption is short-term change should be the way things are and yet the you know the counter information to that is one step at a time which takes time or well I use the term time in there but you know one step and then another there is no time stamp on one thing and then another because you can't it, you don't know how long that first step is going to take then get to the next step so have you encountered that that the struggle exists in the information that we're ingesting from so-called experts or just from the media in general that you know th these are mixed messages really mm. yeah i mean <laughs> short answer is yes <laughs> Uh, the the more expanded response is that it's not just it's not just in the sort of uh, short term goals versus long term goals. It's in everything. There is so much mixed. Like it goes back to what we we're talking about before. We live in an age of excess. So if you are wanting to take this path of just you know just getting your nutrition 
this you know, nutrition not correct and taking steps to make healthy choices for long-lasting change, going onto the internet is just so daunting because, like you said, there is so many, not just mixed messages, but just messages in general. And sort of how I counteract this, how I counteract this sort of trying to find the truth amongst the heap of, of, of excess is going back to what we are talking about before by tuning into your truth, right? Tuning into what feels truthful and good for you in this moment. And this applies to this specific, this, this conversation about goals and working out which feels good for you, which is the correct way to do it. But it also encompasses everything within this holistic health realm is there is going to be, there's always going to be opinions on everything, but you always have an inner compass inside of you that tells you what is good for you in this moment in time. So when, when someone comes to me with that contradiction or comes to me with any contradiction, I throw it back to them and say, how do you feel about this? What, what is your intuitive feeling telling you right now? Like when I work with people, I don't, I don't work with people because I, I want them in my program or I want them a part of what I'm doing. I, I, I want to work with them if they feel like I'm good for them. And I push it onto them to really start building this muscle, start building this compass because it's, once, it's, once it's there, then that is the, the superpower they can use for everything, including this idea of you know, the short-term versus long-term goals and gains. I love that. I agree totally. I think there is definitely a new drumbeat in the area of coaching or mentorship. And it's I think it's spreading across all the different industries, whether it's related to, you know, exercise or the more self-help type type of stuff. It's the recognition that the individual needs to be the center point, the one governing the decisions that, and I've talked about this for a long time because in standardized education, I don't know what your experience was where you're growing up, but in the States, it's definitely kids are told what they need to do when they need to do it. And the relationship with education is very much one of memorization and not true learning. And so Mm. this idea that I know best for me is really undiscovered in most people because they they haven't been given to go back to what we said the space to know that their truth and their voice is the one to follow in all regards so i'm super excited that there are more conversations like the ones we're having now like the one we're having now that are that are out there i think it's it's like you said it's creating a new paradigm, right? Much like how you were saying, I grew up in an education system that told me what to think. It, it, it didn't teach me how to think. It just told me, you need to learn this maths, you need to learn this geography, you, le- you need to learn this history. And there was no discussion on any other ways of looking outside of myself or inside of myself, right? This intuition, none, none of that. But what we're talking about here and what you're talking about is this big paradigm shift like the 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 check training that i've 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 done that's its core pillar its core pillar is you know the 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 teachers in there aren't saying you need to listen to everything i say and it is the word they are saying listen to what i say and then implement it in your own life and see how it feels for you and then decide if it's truth or not and i think it's just it's these are examples like that and what we're talking about is this gigantic paradigm shift of now people are re- realizing their own sovereignty in, in their choice of sort of knowing what is good for them, what they need to learn, what what they need to move forward on with. And that in itself is now is bringing them back to their intuition. It's bringing them back to their, their soulful and spiritual path. And it's just, I mean, I'm so excited about all of it. Yes, I totally agree. So this has been an absolutely delightful, delightful conversation. I haven't, we, I don't have your visual. I just have your audio because we're recording this just via audio, but it's, I can feel you. I, I, you're just delightful person. And I hope that when people listen to the post credits, they will, if they are inspired to get a hold of you, I'll tell them where to get a hold of you. And I'll talk more about what you do um, as a holistic coach and stuff. But 
Thank you so much for joining me. This has been just so wonderful. Thank you for having me, Alison. I, you know, I've I've done done a few podcasts now, and I'm very grateful for all of them. But I've I've really uh, started noticing the the nuances between people, right? The nuances between how people do do podcasts and talk and hold space for the conversation. And uh, this this conversation has has just been another beautiful example of that. How we are also all unique, and we all have our own gifts and our, our the, how we express our love, and how you express your love in this in this format is is really beautiful. And I'm just I'm grateful that uh, you wanted to share this time with me. And yeah, I just appreciate you reaching out and. Uh, I've I've had a good time talking to you and speaking from my heart because I think as we've talked about before, I really think this is the way that we should handle all things in life. So this is just a beautiful example of that. Harrison Marr is a certified holistic health coach, Czech certified, and a heart-centered personal trainer from Australia. His is a story of seeking externalized love in the form of alcohol, women, drugs, and travel due to an inability to find this within himself. After hitting a wall during a traumatic experience that involved being imprisoned and deported, Harrison was able to make steps and leaps toward a deep self-love that was there all along. Now he's committed to creating a calming space and being that external love for others so that they can find their own compassionate healing during their unique and beautiful journey. Harrison's passion is helping those who hate looking in the mirror and can't find the energy, confidence, or time to do anything about it, reclaim the holistically healthy body and boundless self-love they deserve. Harrison's approach is made up of a holistic, wholesome, functional, and ancestral view to get to the root of the problem using mindset, movement, nutrition, sleep, recovery, and stress management. You can connect with Harrison on Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, and Twitter using the tag at Harrison Marr, which is spelled H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N-M-E-A-G-H-E-R. That is also his website, www.harrisonmar.com, spelled the same way I just did it. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.